The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop. You're on for pop culture talk every other week right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and alongside uh, me every single time we do this, we do this thing is uh, is is. Is my boy, my boy Johnny Townsend. How are you, Johnny? Hello. That sounded like I was running by the microphone. That's what I was going for there. It was good. I, was doing a, I did that. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> I am. Uh, what's it called when you haven't had enough sleep? Like I'm punch drunk. Delirious. That's called. Yeah, there Delirious. we go. That's probably a much better word. Yeah, I, we have in in the house. Uh, four delightful kittens, right? And they are honestly delightful. They're they're adorable. They're very cute until you just want to sleep. And they feel like that's the perfect time to jump up and off of your bed constantly because they just want to play. Naturally. And they will wake and they'll wake you up. Uh, see, I've been woken up by a paw on my face. I've been woken up by uh, one of them just slapping my earlobe around like it was a punch of bag. <laughs> uh, so it's been a wonderful time for me. Uh, so I'm at a, so this is how I imagine it would be to have children, right? Neither you nor I have children, but we have pets. We have pets. Might as well be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my dog poops a- when I record. Yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, uh, and my cats uh, jump up on top of everything yes. when I'm trying to do stuff. I thought so, it was no, I thought I was on OnlyFans last week watching your cat's just tail just kind of yeah. you know just just there. Yeah. So you got a lot you got a really great view of a cat's uh, beehole. Yeah. So uh speaking yeah, of beeholes, <laughs> speaking of beeholes, today's episode everybody. Uh we are talking about that beloved uh classic television show, The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, one that's very near and dear to my my old soul heart, um, you know the 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 one with the the catchy whistling intro with an actual song to it. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, fun fact, Matt. A uh, fun Johnny fact. So get out your notepads if you're taking these notes at home for Johnny facts. Uh, I cannot whistle. You cannot. Really, no, I cannot. Every time I try, just a bunch of uh, saliva and spit just comes poured out of my mouth. I could do it. People like yeah, I do I do this song all the time. I whistle this song all the time. People are like, are you really whistling the Andy Griffith shows that like people know about it. Like all these yeah. you know, elderlies around me. Are you are you whistling the 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 Andy Griffith show song? I'm like, well yes I am, ma'am. Uh you know just all like just acting like we're Andy Griffith it feels cool but I love it. I actually use it to uh calm my deer down one time to uh take pictures when i was doing photography this is a map that's a mad fact that's a mad fact 
I was whistling it, and then I played the song on my phone, and this deer just looked at me. I was about 15 feet away, would not move. I got a beautiful close-up shot of it. Just the old, the classic Andy Griffith. It's it's a peaceful song. It's a peaceful song. So remember this whenever we have a uh, a retro pop uh, quiz night. Yes. Uh, remember these two facts. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Just do very personal, personal questions. So yeah, really, um, <laughs> nothing about anything we've ever covered. It's just all about us. <laughs> I know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But what are Johnny's greatest fears? <laughs> what, episode, one, loneliness. What, what episode was that in? Wasn't an episode <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You're all wrong. You're all wrong. But anyways, everybody, let's uh, kick this episode off and go into our personal history with the uh, with the Andy Griffith show. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the vision hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You feel fresh. As a lemonade setting in the shade. All right. You know, when you did Bonanza last week, I was just, I was like, the first thought that came to my mind was, hey, I have to do Andy Griffith's show. Like, I know we're going to, we're, we're going to, for the listeners, we're going to start doing monthly themes. And it kind of technically started this month without being actually like, uh, we didn't actually intend for it to kind of do that originally, but it just did. But when I heard, you know, Johnny's love and appreciation for Bonanza, which by the way, I have not stopped listening to that song over the last two weeks. Thank you, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> it's so that's another one. I'm just like, Bonanza. And I don't know the words to it. And I'm, I kind of know some of the words, but uh, my personal history with Andy Griffith's show is it's kind of similar uh to bonanza right I, I fell in love with tv land it was the perfect sh- like channel to watch in high school you just leave the tv on uh fall asleep as i was living in my parents basement because they did not want me upstairs and uh that was i mean that's what i fell asleep to and i just fell in love with the charm of it like right it, it's well bonanza was like this this awesome action-packed classic show uh the andy griffith show was charm like it, it had a lot of charm to it you know, there was good life lessons. If you watch the show, you'd probably learn a little bit of something. There was always like some kind of message at the end of it, which I really, really appreciated. And I also found it really cool that uh, Ron Howard, when I realized that this was the Ron Howard, the, the famous director, uh, Ron Howard, the Happy Days actor, Ron Howard, that this was him. And I actually like it, it, it's it's a really cool perspective. The fact that we've literally people have been around if you if, there's like television documentation of Ron Howard growing up. And I think it's the coolest thing, you know, this adorable ginger child, um, you know, who grows up and, and, and directs hits like the Grinch, you know, and, 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 and so much more. I know it's not, it's outside. The Grinch is not the only movie that he's, he's directed, but you know, it, it's, it's this really cool perspective that you get to watch him kind of grow up. And he was like this wholesome part of the show that, uh, you know, just it, there was always something to do with him. And, and, you know, it's, it's Andy Griffith, who is a single dad, which seems to be a common theme in these classic television shows, right? Bonanza last week was a single dad of three. And this week for Andy Griffith, uh, a single dad of one, 
uh, who has his aunt take care of him. And I didn't realize it was his storyline cousin, but uh, Don Knotts. I mean, who doesn't love Don Knotts? Uh, is his cousin and in, in, in deputy. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a it's a cool family dynamic. And of course, I'll, every girlfriend that, you know, ran across. But uh, just there was a lot of charm to it. Just a very, very wholesome uh Easy to get into show, and even my and I, I know I consider myself an old soul, but uh, even just watching, I can sit and watch it now. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm watching this Andy Griffith show." She goes, "Oh, lame," as she watches as she watches her her cooking shows that are bake offs that are always always the same thing, uh, just different hosts and stuff. But uh, I, I like my I like my TV shows a little bit cultured, so that's why I love the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, so this show has been for me as well. This is, uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, this show takes place in the town of Mayberry, which is in the mountainous slash foothills area of North Carolina, which happens to be where yours truly, your boy, resides and lives and has grown up. So very familiar with this place. And uh, this uh, this actually put this area on the map, like because this show got really popular, huge and huge. So down here, like Andy Griffith was like a just a part of culture. <laughs> Did they film it down there? Did they film it down there? I don't know. Okay. I honestly don't know. Uh, I think, um, I think the town uh, definitely look uh, definitely uh, is proud of this fact that this show existed and it used it as that i can't remember if it's actually called mayberry but i think they make sure you know that it is mayberry if it makes any sense right um but yeah it's uh very much imprinted on the culture of this area down here and it's always kind of been a part of growing up here even though obviously the show was well off the air by the time i i was around and but still you're proud of it you're proud of it yeah very much yeah very much so yeah, as they should be. I mean, it's a it's a it's a milestone. Uh, it's a milestone television show. I had no yeah. idea that Lucy from I Love Lucy was from like an hour and a half away from me. And like when I found that, I was like, "Whoa, well, that's cool. That's pretty cool." Yeah, yeah, James Jamestown, New York. She's from. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what people do, right? You, you make somebody makes it big. Something makes it big. Something puts your town on the map. Your local your location on the map. And it, it becomes a part of your culture. It's like when I talked about the, you know, the Warriors, right? Uh, Coney Island put, yeah. put, were well, the Warriors movie, I think, helped put Coney Island on a, a mainstream map and people, they honor it. Not, not like it, it's not like everywhere, but they still honor that tradition. And that's what it sounds like your, your residency, your, your hometown, your area does for Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, they certainly do. And of course, you know, uh, it was on, all the time here reruns and stuff like that for sure and it was one of the shows that would play at like you know six or seven o'clock in the middle of the day and you can watch it while you're eating dinner that type of deal yeah uh, and then i just recently went back and uh, and binged it and it still to me it still holds up and it's pretty interesting to see because the show started when it was black and white tvs but eventually it does go into color and it's kind of interesting to, to watch it do that right uh, but yeah so the Andy Griffith show has always been yeah, it's always been a part of of this area that I live in, and 
uh, kind of steeped in tradition with it. If that makes any sense, it's kind yeah. of a part of the part of the area. And I think it always will be, but yeah, so that's, you know, so growing up here, I had no choice, <laughs> even though I'm glad. Cause I like the show. So, yeah, of course. Thankfully. No, that's, that's actually yeah. really cool. So I'm glad it, it kind of worked out that way where you do have something. Do you guys have like a Andy Griffith show, like parade or anything like, is there anything like that going on? uh out that way is is i think the the quote-unquote town of mayberry has like a museum okay and that would be very cool type of deal i I don't know if they have like an actual parade i'm sure there's some kind of something every yeah yeah i'm sure they have parades where they harken back to it i mean right of it but no that's uh that that's pretty cool yeah i mean we're up here we don't get that a whole lot like uh and andy griffith show like Again, I know of people who, who who speak on it, who spoke of it. Like my parents grew up, you know, probably more so my mom grew up watching because it's been in syndication since the since new episodes been, you know, done. It's just the constant reruns. That's how just popular it's been. But um, that's uh, I mean, it's it's really cool that you you kind of live close to it. So it just it makes this, this episode choice that much better. Yeah, and I don't think people realize how big of a star Andy Griffith himself became. No. Uh, this show, I think, he's yeah, huge, he became. Yeah. He was big before it, but a prop. It really propped yeah. him up into the mainstream. Yeah, and, and Don Knotts too. Both of them uh, became huge stars because of this. Yeah, and this introduced me to Don Knotts, and I became a big Don Knotts guy. So, <laughs> yeah, he has a, he, a lot of. Yeah, he he broke off, I think, after the show and did a whole lot of solo movies. But yeah. all right, everybody, that is the personal history portion of this episode. Let's head on to the history of the Andy Griffith Show. Now, what's this about rules for pa's and sons? This first. Hmm. The 75-cent rule. The 75-cent rule. I don't, uh, I don't believe I ever heard of that. Well, that's what I figured. Hmm. What it is, pa, is that nowadays, kids get 75 cents a week allowance instead of 25 cents. 75 cents? That's a lot of money. And in a year's time, I'd come to see this... 52 weeks in a year. It comes to around $40 a year. <laughs> That's an awful lot of money for a young They get it, Pa. All right, everybody. So the history begins uh, back with a guy named Sheldon Leonard, who was the producer of the Danny Thomas show. Is that the guy who runs Wendy's? Or is that Dave Thomas? <laughs> That's Dave Thomas. I'm if they're related. Uh <laughs> The Danny Thomas show uh, and a guy in Danny. That's what actors just did, right? They just, they just, or that's what TV was back then. Like, oh, the actor's name is this. We're going to name the show after them and be very uncreative, I think. Yeah, very easy. You know, with Lucy, it was Lucille Ball, I think was her last name. I love Lucy. Just throw that in. So it's kind of how that worked. And that's how they, yeah. yeah, We're we're rebranding this show as the Matt and Johnny show. (laughs) Easy, easy peasy. I it actually, I don't hate that. No, I, no, no, no. You can't get can't get in that mentality. It's not the sixties anymore. Moving on, progress. <laughs> All right. So Danny Thomas hired a uh, veteran comedy writer Arthur Stander, who had read a lot of the episodes, to create a pilot show for Andy Griffith, uh, a show that featured him as a justice of peace as well as a newspaper editor in a small town. What a busy guy. 
Uh, Griffith at the time was a big Broadway film and radio star, but he wanted to get into television. I think a lot of people like the longevity of television. It's it's a good way to make a name, right? You always see those transitions. A lot of times now, especially nowadays, it's, it's a transitional thing. You know, so see people on TV and then they break out into movies. It kind of goes that. Griffith kind of worked backwards a little bit. He, you know, but TV was booming at this time. This is right. This is a new frontier. You know, movies have been around for a bit, about 30 years at this point. Not not quite the way that, uh, you know, they are in they were in the 60s. But TV was a, 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 a TV shows excuse me, outside of, you know, just being the news or sports TV shows. Good content was actually pretty revolutionary at the time. So Griffith wanted to jump on that. And uh, so they're like, yeah, let's, you know, let's kind of go through with it. And on February 15th, 1960, the Damish Danny Thomas Damis. Oh, boy. The Danny Thomas Show episode, uh, Danny Meets Andy Griffith, aired. So it was kind of a cool way to set it up. And in the episode, Griffith played fictional sheriff Andy Taylor of Mayberry, North Carolina, who arrests Danny Williams for running a stop sign. And uh, Danny Williams is Danny Thomas's character. So and, they, you know, they had a couple uh, a couple other people. This uh, oh, what's her name? Francis Bevier, who was uh who played Andy's aunt, Aunt B, and a couple other people showed up in there. Ron Ron Howard did, little Ron Howard did as well. So just kind of establishing this kind of lore, and uh, well, not it was a big hit. It it did very well for itself. So they went and they greenlit it, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go through and and start doing sh- actual shows. And as of October third, nineteen sixty, at nine thirty p.m. Uh, the Andy Griffith show made its public debut. So uh, really cool origins, kind of like the Simpsons. I mean, that's a, that's a smart way to do it, right? It's it's you, you appear on something else. It does really well. And OK, let's open this sucker up and and, and find, you know, yeah. and make do. And it, it had an incredible run. It went on for eight seasons, if I'm not mistaken. I'll elaborate that in the Mad Stats portion of the show. But, uh, you know, re- really uh just, just a really cool time period, and, and it, yeah, it, it made Andy Griffith a star, and Don Knotts, and, and so many others. Uh, and of course, you know the start of Ron Howard's career, or at least one of the early portions. So, the, from a production standpoint, the sitcom's production team included uh, producers Aaron Rubin and Bob Ross, and uh, you know that Bob Ross, that Bob Ross, is that that Bob Ross? I don't know. No, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, <laughs> but anyways, the, the, the I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure when I covered Bob Ross, I would have came across that. And I definitely would have said it. You're that. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I got excited for a second, but ooh, crossover. But um, so, yeah, just a whole collection of guys, uh, guys and peoples that they're going to do to film us. And the show was filmed at Desilu Studios with exteriors, uh, some of the outside shots, you know, uh, I mean, the street, basically, if you've never seen the Andy Griffith show, the ba- the main places are Andy Griffith's house. Um, the, you know, there's like the main street of Mayberry. There's the uh, the precinct. And there's a couple, I mean, just a couple other spots. So a lot of, in the, the precinct is like yeah. very, it's just such a small, uh, small like little. Barber yeah. shop. Barber shop, uh, yes. Uh, the town hall, like that's kind of. That's kind of it, basically. Yeah, those are the only ones that showed up. And you know, every now and then you get a rare, just new building or something. Yes. Yeah, sometimes you'll get like, a, you know, Barney's house or something. Right. Yeah. Just the little things. But those are the bulk, the bulk of the inside stuff. Um, but yes, the outside was filmed at 40 acres in Archeo, 40 acres 
in Culver City, California, and some of the woodsier locations were uh, filmed just north of Beverly Hills at Franklin Canyon, uh, including the opening and closing credits scene when they're walking to the uh, the fishing hole. Just such a wonderful little tune. Uh, Don Knotts, who knew Griffith professionally and had seen the Danny Thomas show up, so-called Griffith during the development developmental stage of the show and suggested the sheriff character needed a deputy. So Don Knotts working his way in there like a little pro wrestling guy. I'm like, hey, I need work. You know, just in this goofy Don Knotts voice. And he found his way in. They they signed him to a five-year contract to play Barney Fife. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it's very simplistic how this show kind of came together, but there's yeah a lot of, a lot of little tunes here. Um, so for those who never seen it, I'll give like a little premise for you as well. All right. So the series revolves around Andy Taylor played by Andy Griffith, the sheriff of uh, Mayberry, North Carolina. And he's just a laid back guy, right? There's not a whole lot of deputies and sheriffs like that nowadays. Um, I mean, there are, there are some good ones, but they're not like spotlighted, but this is like a very different approach to kind of policing in a way. It's not like cops. And it's uh, small, definitely small, small town, small too. town. So he was like, it's only like, it's literally Andy Griffith and Don Knotts and that's it. There might be like another character like that pops up from time to time, but it's, it's pretty much that, um, you know, he, he busts what, what he does and really his, his routine is he busts Luke, local moonshiners, uh, criminals that kind of pass by and more so he's like a mediator. He's kind of like, kind of, kind of like a judge, jury, executioner kind of thing, but not so much the executioner aspect. And, uh, but that's what he does. It's a very simplistic life, but yes, he, he tries to settle different disputes, different problems across everybody. Uh, and they uh, rarely, and they rarely ever even hold a gun. Like it's a rare, rarely, very rarely, uh, which is pretty neat. But um, so, yeah, you know, Barney Fife, played by Don Knotts, as mentioned, you know, creates a, a, some issues. And it's kind of usually Andy Griffith kind of busted him out of trouble, you know. And, and of course, there's the challenges of Andy Griffith raising his son, Opie, played by Ron Howard, uh, and, and upbringing him. And, you know, the single dad kind of role and, is, you know, his aunt and B kind of tests, you know, helps out. Uh, but you get all these, there's all sorts of like different established characters that pop in from time to time, just like the different locations. Uh, you know, we talked at Simpsons, how like there's so much depth to uh, Springville and there's actually a lot of depth to Mayberry, you know, with when it comes to this show with some of the characters, you know, uh, of course, there's all of Andy Griffith's girlfriends, there's the shopkeepers, there's so many, there's a lot of frequently appearing characters and all that, but um but yeah, I mean that's pretty much the, the production background. Like I said, it went on for eight seasons. They they actually tried to do uh, Griffith left it. Uh, he was kind of done with it after eight years. Don Knotts, I think, uh, left uh, six five. Let me see. I think it's five, five seasons in. Yeah. And to go do his acting career, and they read him off kindly. But uh, but yeah, he he went on to try and do the new Andy Griffith show, which has actually nothing to do with the the Andy Griffith show. It's uh, it's kind of wow. We're not gonna go too deep into that, but it's just weird that they're like, you know what? <laughs> That's like if me and Johnny split up, or me and Johnny are like, you know, we don't want to do retro pop anymore. We want to do uh, pop retro. Let's, you know, it, yeah. it's <laughs> or yeah, the the new Matt and Johnny show. You know, it's just like, come on. But um, that's uh, that was television back in the day. But, uh, yeah, it did very, very well for itself. But that is the production history of Annie Griffith's show. Uh, let's get into Matt's stats. Uh, Sheriff, I, um, I have something to say. Now, men, 
I have just one thing to say. This isn't going to be kid stuff. Oh, Barney. Sheriff, if you don't mind. <laughs> now, there won't be room for any mistakes out there. One mistake is one too many. And you'll each be on your own. There'll be no Molly Coddling. All right, everybody, from Matt Stats, it's, uh, I was telling Johnny before we got on, started recording, uh, it's not, it doesn't have this, like, deep, like, fandom, like Bonanza did. Like, Bonanza, I found that website in, like, a GIF, you know, uh, obsessed with production costs, like, how much did food cost for, Andy Griffith Show, not a whole lot about that. Not a whole lot about that, but regardless, we got some stuff for you, so as mentioned, Eight seasons uh, this show was uh, on air for. So from October 3rd, 1960, uh, all the way to April. Oh, wow. It's kind of the anniversary of the end of the first season. May 22nd, 1961. That was when the first season ran. Uh, And the last season was uh, September 11th, 1967 to April 1st, 1968. So, uh, and I do have to acknowledge they went out on top. They were the number one show on television when they went out. Which is uh, which is pretty astounding. People, that's how you do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. You know, a lot of these shows, like uh, I'm trying to think of some good ones. I mean, Seinfeld is one of the only few other shows to kind of do it. But you know, a lot of these shows that they just they just don't know when to end. Like Big Bang Theory, I was like, Jesus Christ, end this show. Uh, <laughs> please, for the love of God, yeah. it's it's you know, a lot of shows they run its course. By the time they, they do, it's because the ratings dropped. You know, that 70s show uh, is another one that I, I cherish. But the cat, you know, some of the important pieces of the cast left and they're like, OK, we just the ratings are dying. We got to go. Andy Griffith's show left on top, which is uh, pretty astounding. So season one uh, came. It was the fourth highest uh, rated show uh, in, in, in television at the time. Uh, season two was seventh. Season three was sixth. Uh, season four was fifth. Season five was fourth, season six was sixth, season seven was third, and the last season was number one. And of course, I think the uh, I think the season finale would played a huge part in that because they uh, they did pretty uh, they did pretty well for itself with the finale. Uh, the highest rated season, however, so as far as like a like it, it's weird because like television is starting to break out now at this time. But the ho- highest rated season, um, and I'm not sure what kind of computes in that was season three even though it ranked sixth that year at the time. Uh, but it was the highest rated uh, show. Uh, that was the highest rated season, excuse me. So uh, 249 episodes, 159 of those episodes were in black and white, which is seasons one through five. And then uh, 90 episodes, seasons six through eight, uh, were in color. Andy Griffith appear- appeared in all 249 episodes, naturally. Uh, and Ron Howard appeared in 209. So... Uh, so that's a little tidbit there, you know, a lot of, a couple Omni, uh, Omni Emmy, uh, you know, awards and nominations, Don Knotts won a supporting role in 1961. That's, that's more so facts and trivia, but, uh, they were, uh, you know, up for a lot of awards Griffith show. They also had a lot of merchandise and stuff in, in, in certain things. Uh, here's a little tidbit copies of. Their comic books. There was an Andy Griffith show comic book, which I'm actually very curious about. Uh, yeah, mint we condition. Check that down. Oh yeah, I, I might be able to find it online. Um, but 2004 copies of near mint conditions were uh, $500 each. Good gosh, it was produced by Dell Comics back in the day. But uh, 
you know, there's, yeah, there's Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith was like the number eight ranked dad of all time at one point. There's so many cool little stats here, but not so much in the numbers. But um, yeah, June, June 2004 is ranked number eight in TV Guide's list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time. And I can assure you with the way that television has progressed since 2004, there's probably not too many people ahead of him still. Uh, <laughs> but that is, uh, I mean, that's Matt's stats in a nutshell for you guys, everybody. Let's uh, head on over to Johnny's Did You Know? <laughs> well, what's going to be your first act as sheriff? Well, <laughs> there, there's the first assignment for the new sheriff. I'm going to crack the Ray Hollister case. Huh? I'm going to find out where that still is once and for all. Welcome to Johnny's Did You Know Boulevard, and let's get into it. Uh, Andy Griffith. Uh, originally, uh, originally said that they that the uh, creator, the show creator, regretted naming the show later on the Andy Griffith show. He's like, we should have just called it Mayberry, which I kind of agree with, right? Yeah, I think they did. At least that's, that's technically they did like for reruns or something like that because they didn't yeah. want to confuse it with the new Andy Griffith show. But yeah, it, yeah. it makes way more sense. Yeah, in the pilot episode, Aunt B or friend or the actress Frances. Bavier, I think that's how you say her last name. I think so too. Uh, she she actually played a different character. She didn't play Aunt B. She played a local widow huh. in the very first episode. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I was like, "That's that's Aunt B. Why is she doing that?" <laughs> um, hold on, I'm trying to get through his stuff. Oh, uh, Hal Smith. This is uh, or as we better know him as Otis, the drunk. Who always came in and had his own cell that he would come into his own jail cell. Uh, he yes, would just sleep there. That. that was a cool little. I, yeah. I like that role. <laughs> yeah, he also had. A, he played Santa Claus on both the Brady Bunch and the Flintstones. Did he? He's a yeah. He's a double Santa. I respect it. That's pretty cool. All right, so I noticed this when I was recently rewatching the show, and then I found out why. Uh, Howard McNear, he played uh, the barber, the you know that everybody knows Floyd, Floyd the barber. He actually had a stroke uh, during the show's filming, and uh, so if you watch the show, you will notice that they start kind of uh, putting him in situations where he doesn't have to do a lot right. physically, and that's because he had uh, limited motor functions on the left side of his body after that. So Holy they shit. they liked him, yeah, they loved the guy so much that they wanted to keep him on the show. So they work around that. And you can definitely see it when you're watching it, if you're paying attention. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Good for them, though, on that. Because I know a lot of people like, yeah, you're sorry. You're, you're gone. You know what I mean? They worked around it. That's how it's supposed yeah. to be. I yeah. admire that. Uh, uh, Thelma Lou, uh, or the actress Betty Lynn, who played her, uh, she acted in about 26 episodes. But what's really interesting about her is that uh, she lived in L.A. until about 2006, but after that, she went and visited uh, the real uh, the Mount Airy. That's what the actual place is actually called, Mount Airy, is Mayberry. Okay. And she ended up loving a place, and she <laughs> moved in there. So she actually retired in Mayberry. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. 
Um, Andy, Gr- <laughs> Andy Griffith, you know, that guy that we all love for being so even keel, having a great, uh, you know, having a great uh, way with people, being able to talk people down and stuff. Well, for two episodes of the show, he had to wear a bandage on his hand because he punched a wall. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I did hear. Uh, I may have heard some things in the past. Like he, he could get a little aggressive behind it, but he, you know, it, that's how good. I think that's a testament to how good of an actor he was. Yeah, is that you? You know, he, he, there was you know certainly he's a big dude. He's not a, a small fry by any means, but um, that is right. a little ironic. But a testament to I guess his acting. <laughs> yeah, and he also was known for doing practical jokes. He loved to do those. Yeah, a lot. Like he would call. Don Knotts by his first name, which I can't remember what it is, but it's a name that Don didn't like. <laughs> and he would do it to throw Don Knotts off. <laughs> and he would, uh, and apparently at some point he would like, he would mess people's dressing rooms and stuff like that. So he's, he's well known to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Jesse Donald Knotts uh, was his name. Jesse. So. That's what he would call him. He would say Jesse. You'd call him Jesse. <laughs> uh, Uh, Ron Howard's dad. Uh, speaking of dads, a real life celebrity father. This is according to MeTV.com, by the way. Uh, a real life celebrity father plays a key role in Barney and the Governor. Uh, Rance Howard, the father of Ron Howard, drives the big black Cadillac belonging to the Governor uh, on that show. So, like, it's a, oh. yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I heard that they had they all had a pretty good relationship. Um, between that like griffith was pretty kind to howard and and all that stuff i've heard very good things i've seen ron howard interviews where he, he compliments that they were just kind of they were all they were actually pretty close uh and the, yeah the dad was was included in some things so that's cool yeah uh san bobrick wrote plenty of episodes of uh of the show of the Andy griffith show but he's probably known for something else and that is he's the creator of saved by the bell oh that's yeah. cool. Uh, hold on. I don't. Wanna, there's there's so many of these. I don't want to do them all because we'd be here forever. No, I don't blame you. Uh, uh, in the second season episode, "The Keeper of the Flame." Everett Sloan portrayed farmer and moonshiner Jubal Foster. I remember this episode. Some folks might not know the title of the theme song, The Fishing Hole, uh, but he actually wrote this. He was actually a, a legit a songwriter. He had a really good voice, too. That's kind of what the show, the episode was about. Uh, the real-life Floyd the Barber actually did cut hair, and he did it until he was 90 years old, even after the stroke. Respect. Good that's for him. Pre- that's pretty amazing. That is really that's cool. pretty dang amazing. Uh, the the very famous opening thing of you know Andy and Opie walking to the to the lake and skipping the rock and crawl or throwing a rock into the lake and all that kind of stuff. When they were filming that, Opie couldn't throw the rock to the lake where they stopped at. Like he never made it. They tried again and again and again, and ultimately it was like, well, he's just not going to make it. So what they did is they put a guy hidden in one of the tree bushes. <laughs> so when when Obi quote unquote throws it, that guy just throws it instead and makes it look like Obi threw it because he can never do it. Ah, so that's where Mr. Perfect got it from. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oi, vei. Uh, Don Nods, uh, like right before, well, actually, it says while he was also working when he first got started on the Andy Griffith show. Uh, what was he doing before that? He was a go kart spokesman. <laughs> a go kart spokesman. He was the, yeah, in 1962, he was the ambassador for McCulloch Racing Cards. That is cool. I want that job. Go karts are probably. That does sound just, awesome, doesn't it? Does, it doesn't sound really cool. It's like being a water boy for like a sports team. Like, that's really cool. Oh, man. I Yeah, honestly. Any go kart places want me to be the spokesman. I got gotcha. you. I'm not worth a damn, but I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so Andy Griffith, you know, we kind of talked about how popular he got. He got so huge that he had his own line of canned beans and ham. <laughs> what? Uh, he, uh, like one of the, uh, apparently one of the things uh, that he would say is, uh, and I'm quoting here, now Andy Griffith is busting with beans. That was one of the advertisements for the beans. And it was good eating. I need to see if there's a commercial so I can use this for a transition. There's got to be. There's got to be. Beans and ham. All right. So uh, we famously said, I'll end on this one. We famously said that uh, Don Knotts left the show after five seasons. Uh, when they were originally cast in the show, Don Knotts uh, didn't know he was going to have a recurring role, right? Like they had him for one, but they loved the chemistry between the two so much that they're like, hey, we're just going to keep you. So he that's literally how he got to stay on the show. And that's important because, yeah, he, I mean, he was that, you know, Andy Griffith was, was funny in his own way, but Don Knotts was like the face of comic relief, I think, in that show. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, you their, know, the, and their chemistry made the show. It, it really definitely did. did. It definitely did. You know, yeah. and, and I don't think if, if you don't have Don Knotts, I don't think there's a lot of substance to some of the episodes. I I, I think yeah. Griffith was a mediator where or Knotts was like he said he was trying to Griffith was trying constantly like bailing him out of trouble. Like I'll never forget one of these episodes where he gave somebody a ticket for uh uh was it something walking or sweeping on the sidewalk he gave him a ticket and griffith had to bail him out because the guy was threatening don uh barney fife there was one episode where griffith like left it we did like a mini vacation and don Knotts had the entire town in jail like yeah <laughs> you know it's i mean it's such good stuff yeah. but yeah but he was but he was so but he was also very loyal yes and and he would do anything for you know for andy uh, yes. but the but, you know, when they originally were doing it, they're like, well, we're just going to do five seasons. Like, that's what he thought he and because him and Andy were actually really good friends in real life, too. Yeah. And that's what they had agreed on. Uh, and so that's when he decided to leave that he actually was one of the things that I read was that he was going to come back for a sixth season. But he was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I really want to own a part of the show. And they were like, well, we can't do that because Andy, I think Andy Griffith on like, uh, I forgot what the number was, but over half for the show he owned over half of it right and uh so he said no we can't do that so barney was like all right man i'm going and he went and all did right. movies peace. and yeah peace out became but a I huge star for it though even though they did. no i'm sure well they oh, were yeah. they were cousins so i don't know that was the character was no the they were that was the cousins. characters i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. but yes they were very very close friends in uh in life so i mean that's just business that's just business and those guys they kind of look past yeah. that stuff for um which is pretty cool yeah but that's your did you knows, uh, Matt. I think it's time we discuss where does uh, the Andy Griffith show stand in pop culture today? Andy, well, what's wrong? 
Well, what's wrong is a rape don't have no trained sand boys. That's what's wrong. You want to get up there with the rest of us and make a fool out of yourself, Rafe? Well, I will ask you questions only a trained musician understands. Like what? Well, suppose they was to ask you, can you sing a cappella? Would you know what to do? No. Well, there you are. Like it up and embarrass yourself. Hey, Barn. Suppose they asked you if you can sing a cappella. What do you do? Well, I'd do it. A cappella, a cappella. I don't know the rest of the words. I see. Uh... Yeah, so shows like Andy Griffith's show, I Love Lucy, uh, Bonanza. You know, these were the benchmarks. These were the uh, these were the testers. These are the early, you know, show that I'm sure there were shows. There was like talk shows back in the day. There was American Bandstand, all this stuff. But when it came to the sitcom, these are constantly, you know, referred to as the the originals, the o, the OGs, the the measuring stick, so to speak. We don't get, you know, and sitcoms are a dime a dozen nowadays. They're they're a dime a dozen. Everybody wants to do a sitcom and. You know, some people just should not. There's literally hundreds and probably thousands of sitcoms that have been played on TV at least once. Uh, but Griffith show it, 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 it's, I think like Bonanza, I think it actually may be more forgotten than Bonanza at this point, uh, which is kind of scary, but, uh, you know, you just you don't hear people just talk about it. You don't hear it referenced. It was, I mean, one one of the highest viewed shows of all time. But uh, from a longevity standpoint, it didn't measure up quite like Bonanza and and, and some of these other shows did. Uh, you know, it had a, a solid eight year run and left on top, which a lot of shows don't do. But uh, I think in you know in regards to you know lasting forever, I think the people that watched it, you know, appreciated it. It's going to live on with that, but honestly, I think it is. I think it's 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 a forgotten gem in some cases. I I really do. You know, people people don't go back and watch the old stuff like maybe they used to. And I guess, like I said last time we talked, I a lot of this stuff on new TV. It's just it's not good. It's not good television. There's there's substance to this. There's substance to this. The the, the laughs actually make you laugh. Uh, the, 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 the good times actually make you smile. Uh, and, and like the lessons learned actually make you sit and think maybe for a little bit too. Uh, it kind of changes perspective a little bit. There was some, there was a lot of more value to the TV in this era than, uh, what we have now. So, but unfortunately I think in grand scheme of pop culture history, it's, it's, uh, it's long, it, it, it could be very well long forgotten. Yeah. I think you could consider the legacy of the show, the, the same legacy as Andy Griffith himself. In that uh, he was huge at the time. I mean, even when he got older, he did Matlock, and that show was huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, that type of stuff. But now he's not really brought up or talked about. No. Uh, Don Knotts either, honestly, uh, except yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. And these were awesome, awesome actors. Like, I love these those two guys. Uh, I think where the legacy lies now is with Ron Howard, right? As yeah. long as he's still out doing stuff. And his, you know, his daughters are doing stuff, uh, you know, part of that family. I think they can always harken back to the show and it'll kind of bring it back and keep it alive. And I know in the area up here where that show took place, like that's always going to have a part of it too. So that legacy is there, but you're right. Overall, in the grand scheme of things, it's not nowhere near as remembered as, you know, other, other things, other things in pop culture for sure. 
And that's it's a real shame because going back and watching this show, you know, there's a lot of these old shows that I went back and watched Bonanza's honestly one of them, where there's stuff in it that t- in today's culture is Still I mean, I'm watching it and I went in today's culture, some of the stuff too, I would watch and be like, Ugh, I don't know if they should have did that on this. Like it's a little <laughs> that's a little uh ear, you know, nowadays. I don't ever remember running into that with the Andy Griffith show. It was very wholesome. Uh, you know, like it, it's like you were saying before, it, it taught lessons and stuff. And it also never took itself super seriously, which really helped. Uh, like it was, it knew what it was. Right. It's, it was there for you to watch, have a really good time. You could watch with your family. You don't have to worry about anything. Absolutely. And that's, that's what it was. And there's not a lot of that now because uh, you're either trying to push the envelope today or you're, uh, you know, or you got to have something that sets you apart from everything else. And, you know, it's just a shame. Uh, but I do think that this show, like Bonanza, will just eventually be forgotten. Uh, I don't, I can't compare it to, I was thinking about this before we recorded today. I was trying to think of what show today or recently would I compare this to, and I can't think of one. No, there's nothing that, that quite gave, hits like this, right? Is is there's yeah. nothing, not even nothing today is remotely close to, you know, what it was. Because because like I said, like sitcoms nowadays, it's it's about edgy, it's about how far of the line you can push. You know, this is this is one of those shows. Like growing up, I was not allowed to watch television with my parents. I was not allowed to watch sitcoms because of the various themes in them. Right. I love everybody loves Raymond to this day, but, uh, you know, some sexual themes, some some other stuff. I was not allowed to watch it or as I feel like back then. And that that applies everything that 70s show Seinfeld was definitely like that. King of Queens, maybe to an extent. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm trying to think of some other ones that there's been so many sitcoms. But back then you could sit down with your young child and watch because. Ron Howard, there's relativity there. You know what I mean? There's relativity there. There's the kids will be like, oh, yeah, I want to see what Opie does this week. Nowadays, you don't get that stuff. So today, nothing remotely close, uh, unfortunately, in the world of sitcoms. Yeah, very much. Very much so. Um, The closest I came to think about it was an animated show, Bob's Burgers. That's just because it's a show I can watch and like it just gives me that wholesome feeling as I'm watching it because it's a film that cares about each other type of deal. Uh, but it's a totally different show. Uh, so I can't think of one that really is a one-on-one comparison to, to that one. Uh, uh, which, which, and it's kind of sad. It, it, it really is. It really is, man. TV culture has changed so much. And I think that's one of the big themes uh, that we explored this month with this. So, yeah. uh, But that is a wrap on this week's episode. We told you we're going to start doing monthly themes. And we did our little wheel app before this. Our theme of June is companies all right so big businesses whether we've done a couple businesses just for examples for you guys to know we've done mcdonald's we've done pizza hut uh is that it that might have been that that might be it that might be companies no we didn't attend though no we didn't attend though that is true that is true but uh next time we're back with you johnny will be adding one more to our company's uh our our company's theme with uh what do you got for us bud well, love them or hate them, and obviously I love them because my uh, my bedroom is surrounded by them. Uh, Funko is Ooh. who I'm going to cover, and of course the rise of Funko Pops, uh, which you cannot go anywhere now without seeing one. So no, 
uh, Funko next time on Retro Pop. I'm excited. I remember 10 years ago, somebody said these things wouldn't last. And well, here we are. But uh, yes, thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you so much for your support and another month of great listenership. Uh, on behalf of Johnny Townsend and I, we'll talk to you next time right here on Retro Pop. Andy, that's Bob Barney impression. Can you whistle? Uh, whistle. Close out the show with a whistle. No. Okay. Okay. You want me to try? Yes. <clears throat>